3: It's a lifetime appointment. Yeah, that's the deal with being a Supreme Court justice. It's your job for life if you want it. Of course, the way things have gone for uh, Brett Kavanaugh, you wonder why anybody would want the job for 20 minutes. But anyway, by now you know that the, uh, the New York Times came out with an essay over the weekend that is based on a book called The Education of Brett Kavanaugh. And there was an allegation that Kavanaugh exposed himself, and a little bit more than exposed himself, uh, to a girl at a party at Yale, at a drunken party at Yale. Democrats everywhere waited about a minute and a half before saying that this was the last straw, that Kavanaugh should resign, and if he doesn't resign, he should be impeached. And then Molly Hemingway, who co-authored a book on Kavanaugh's confirmation fiasco, noticed that the Times forgot to mention that the book that they were ta- taking excerpts from had pointed out that the woman who was allegedly assaulted had no recollection of it ever happening. Not a minor detail, I don't think. Well, we're going to talk to the other co-author, Carrie Severino, after the break, but here's one of the two New York Times reporters who wrote the book and then forgot to mention in the piece in the Times that the woman had no idea what anybody was talking about. It's Kate Kelly, and she's talking to Meghan McCain on The View today.
2: First of all, there was no desire to withhold important information from our readers. We have all of it in the book, and the essay is an adaptation of the book um, that, of course, we had to edit for uh, length and clarity. Um, The the thrust of the essay was about probably a bad word choice. The point of the essay was about Deborah Ramirez, uh, a woman who had gone to college with Justice Kavanaugh and had this uh, experience where she alleged that he exposed himself to her, and it was a very troubling event. And we laid out all the reasons why that was, not just the moment itself, but the experience she was having at Yale being very difficult. Within that, we talked about this new, as yet unreported allegation, because we thought it was germane. It was a similar type of situation to the Ramirez one. During the editing process, there was an oversight and this key key detail about the fact that the woman herself has told friends she doesn't remember it and has not wanted to talk about it got cut. And it was an oversight and the Times adjusted it and uh, we're very sorry that it happened.
3: Yeah, you're real sorry that it happened. Carrie Severino, the co-author of uh, Justice on Trial, will be here at, on trial. I should say, will be here right after the break to talk about the New York Times lame attempt to explain how they left out that detail. So stick around right here on the John Stoggerwald Show, AM twelve fifty. The answer: If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to one hundred employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496
2: regenerate me regenerate me
0: please regenerate me
4: why suffer with joint pain there's a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy at regenerate me pittsburgh now in bethel park certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies also known as abt a full recovery without surgery or drugs is possible get a complete diagnostic review plus your first treatment for just a hundred dollars for a limited time see if you qualify call 412 851
5: 3811 412 851 3811 The Supreme Court confirmation process has been on the point of breakdown for 30 years, and it finally collapsed with the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. I'm Molly Hemingway. And I'm Carrie Severino. Our new book, Justice on Trial. The Kavanaugh confirmation in the future of the Supreme Court tells the story of the process that Kavanaugh himself called a national disgrace and a circus. The Supreme Court is the arbiter of America's most divisive disputes. The incentive to destroy Supreme Court nominees has become nearly irresistible. Our book, Justice on Trial, explores how that happened to Brett Kavanaugh and what we must do to prevent it from happening again. With more than 100 interviews, including the president, dozens of senators and other officials, we uncovered shocking details untold until now. Will the next confirmation fight be even uglier than Kavanaugh's? Our new book, Justice on Trial, has the answer.
0: Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation and the future of the Supreme Court, is the explosive new bestseller by Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino, published by Regnery. Get your copy now at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever books are sold.
5: If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad, you're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
4: In a recent episode of the hit web series, Adam Ruins Everything, the show shared some of the scams that are common in the mattress industry. The big markups, the inability to comparison shop, and the conflicts of interest with mattress review sites. At the Original Mattress Factory, we agree with many of the problems the episode highlighted. In fact, these problems are the reason we started our company, to offer a better mattress and a better mattress buying experience. Visit OriginalMattress.com or our social media pages to hear our employees' reactions to the Adam Ruins Everything Mattress episode. Hey there.
6: What's up, bruh? Hello. Aloha.
4: Hey,
0: y'all.
6: Hey. Hola. Hi.
0: It takes a lot of voices to create the sound of us. The Y welcomes all of them with open arms. From career readiness to safe spaces, the Y is there. No matter who we are. Now, more than ever, they need your support. Support your local Y today. The Y, for better us. Read by members of the Y. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
3: Well, the New York Times, the rest of the media and the Democrats, I know they're all the same. Anyway, they're all still trying to get Brett Kavanaugh. The New York Times embarrassed itself by printing a story about sexual assault over the weekend without mentioning that the woman who was allegedly assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh had no recollection of it ever happening. Carrie Severino is the co-author of a best-selling book, along with Molly Hemingway, called Justice on Trial, The Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court. She joins us now. Carrie, thanks for being here.
7: Good
3: to be here. I'm just wondering, uh, to start off here, as someone um, who spent a lot of time researching this story with the book, uh, what was your immediate reaction when you saw the New York Times' latest allegation and everything that popped up this weekend?
7: Oh, it was... So discouraging to see that because we knew that the whole story was not being told and to see the way that they are treating it as if it's something new and a blockbuster while omitting the key information, which is that the victim herself doesn't have any memory of an event like this. So I thought that was very underhanded and uh, really a new low for the journalistic practices. We have seen Molly and I document so many uh, problems with this type of thing. In our book, Justice on Trial, we see the media just hiding things, um, covering up uh, things that they knew would clarify a story, would undercut their narrative. And that's what we're seeing here. Again, it's just another phase of this smear campaign.
3: Well, it'd be one thing if the if it was the media just doing it, but it's also the Democrats are jumping right on board with it.
7: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're working hand in glove. And you saw immediately after this came out, they probably had... had, had uh, been prepped for being ready for it, bunch of campaigns jump out and say, oh, yes, we have to impeach Kavanaugh. Um, I think they look pretty silly right now because they obviously didn't uh, realize how weak this story was going to get. And uh, you see even people on the left in the media going, okay, guys, this makes us look bad. But I don't think we've seen any of the candidates back off on those claims. And that is shameful. I mean, this is something that, as a lawyer, look, there is no legal basis at all, even if this were all true. impeach him the events described it's not kavanaugh who's even doing them it's his friends who are pushing him into someone else and they all happen in college i think most constitutional scholars will tell you the constitution says judges are for judges during good behavior that it does not mean that you can uh, go back and relitigate things in their past it means during good behavior on the bench so it doesn't even relevant to impeachment it's well, really just a campaign
3: argument for them. Yeah, I guarantee you, Carrie, that they're uh, – I'm, I'm, uh, I was in college a long time ago, but uh, I guarantee you there are a lot of guys around the country when they see this story that are looking at it and going, okay, a bunch of drunk people at a college party and some crude uh, – things happened and some people you know i mean it's, it's just it's, a, it's just to, to go back and talk to, about what anybody did when they were 20 years old unless it was something that they got criminally prosecuted for just leave them alone uh it's, it's unbelievable to me but the the uh you mentioned it that the, the democrats don't seem to be backing away i i wanted to tell you about this tweet i don't know if you saw it uh david axelrod he tweeted this this is what he said we really need to know why the fbi didn't investigate this allegation were they restrained by the white house the judiciary committee itself max steyer is a very credible and highly respected person what do you make of that
7: yeah they were constrained they were constrained by common sense because the fbi gets all sorts of people calling in saying things that aren't really relevant are not possible to back up they had dozens probably hundreds of people that had called in random things in the on the tip line to the fbi they don't go out and chase down everyone the mandate of that investigation was to look at credible uh allegations this is clearly not a credible allegation
3: but but the fact that someone like david axelrod who um was is an obama guy but he's still he's a leading democrat strategist he's still he's still he's just not willing to give it up and that that's just he's just one of many doing that right
7: Oh, yes. Well, I mean, people are looking to find anything they can to basically litigate their arguments against President Trump. It boils down to they're frustrated they lost the election in 2016, and they're looking for other ways to relitigate that. I'm sorry. It, you know, there's no there's no grounds for impeaching Justice Kavanaugh. You could be frustrated that you didn't have the votes to block him onto the court. But what's going on here is, is even worse. It's actually an attack, I think, on judicial independence. Because mm-hmm. this actually is part of a theme we've seen. We've seen... Uh, people threatening the justices in the court. There was a amicus brief uh, led by Senator Whitehouse and signed by several other Democratic senators basically saying to the court, and this is a Second Amendment uh, a case about a New York gun law, they said, if you don't rule our way, we're, we're going to take action. We're going to maybe restructure the court. They're talking about trying to pack the court, add Democratic members to the court. They are really trying to use that as a hostage to encourage the court to just do what they want to do. This is another method of doing that. They're saying, hey, if you don't vote how we want, we're going to smear you, we're going to destroy your name, we're going to undermine you in the the face of the nation, of your family. I mean, this is really a um, a mafiosi kind of technique that they're using here to try to get the judges to be cowed.
3: Yeah, uh, and the Washington Post has a story today, and here's the headline there. And this is the angle that they're taking. And, again, this is after uh, much of the uh, original story has been blown out of the water because of the, uh, the little uh, mistake of not mentioning that the supposed victim didn't remember it. This is the headline. Inaction on Kavanaugh allegations reignites political rancor. Now, that seems to state as a fact that there was inaction. That's just in the headline. And so to say this, uh, this is today, I think, today in The Washington Post.
7: Yeah, I, I agree. They're they're kind of assuming the entire issue, which is, was the investigation properly done? And right. I would argue, yes, it was. It did, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They investigated the credible allegations. They didn't chase down every little rabbit trail. The FBI is not a federally funded fishing expedition for the left. Um, but unfortunately, some people have a tendency to just take the Democratic talking points and run with them on questioning.
3: We're talking to Carrie Severino. She's co-author, along with Molly Hemingway, of Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court. Yeah, the Democrats are, uh, many of them out there, saying that the process was rushed. Uh, that's not fair, is it?
7: <laughs> no, the process was not rushed. In fact, a week is absolutely ample time. If you talk to them at the time they were they were saying oh let's do another investigation look this isn't going to drag on forever it only took three or four days to investigate anita hill's claim well you got seven guys they they're changing their story because they simply just want to continue to create issues with justice kavanaugh's uh... position on the court they want to discredit him it was really fascinating what, what author ryan lovelace who also has been writing about this he found a video where deborah kapp christine blasey Ford's attorney said, we knew we might not be able to defeat him, but we wanted to put an asterisk next to his name. They were hoping to discredit him in cases specifically, she said, having to do with abortion. And she said, I think that was Christine's motive, part of Christine's motive, too. Christine Blasey Ford, that is. So um, this is the reason there was purely political. They want to discredit him on future conservative decisions.
3: Yeah. And um, uh, I'm just thinking about the number of people that you had to have spoken to in researching the book. Uh, were you we able to find one eyewitness to any of the events that Kavanaugh has been accused of being part of?
7: No, no, because they don't exist. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this is the this is the problem. And Robin Pogrebin and Kate Kelly acknowledge that in their own book. It's it's really shameful. At the end of the book, they kind of do a sum up. How you know what what do we think? And they conclude that yes, there is no new actual evidence, but it basically go with what your gut tells you, and our gut tells us he's guilty. I'm sorry, folks, that's not how a system of the rule of law and due process should work, and we shouldn't assume the worst of people in the absence of evidence. And they, in fact, ignore evidence that they even present in their book. That They have lots of quotes from his friends who say, no, this is not the kind of person he was. And uh, they kind of ignore that, discount all of those, discount Leland Kaiser, who I think is a star witness. She was a hero in this process. She's Christine Blasey Ford's liberal friend longtime friend who was alleged to have been at the party but she said at the time i don't remember it and as molly and i reported she later told the fbi yeah and this whole story doesn't make sense and they were trying to pressure me to change my story well they actually got some fresh on the record quotes from kaiser that would have been great news lead with that if you wanted to put picture book in the new york times instead they didn't fit their narrative though they kind of concluded well she's not trustworthy but for some reason blasey ford who has no corroboration to her story is
3: yeah um and again uh, in in the writing of the book uh, did you uh, what what kind of a person did you find uh, brett kavanaugh to be
7: we talked to so many people who knew him in high school knew him in college and he was a studious guy but also a very humble guy some of the people who didn't watch him study and he studied let me tell you, really hard. He would he would spend just he'd lock himself into the library and work. But um, they they would often were surprised when he came out with all these academic honors. I'm like gosh, he just seemed like a regular guy. He was a nice guy. He really enjoyed sports. He hung out with a lot of the athletes. He did go to parties, but he wasn't. He he, he couldn't afford to be a really sloppy drunk because a he had to be keeping up with his schoolwork. B he had to be keeping up with his games, which are often. On weekends, So um, a lot of people talked about what a great guy he was in terms of um, helping his friends. Women that knew him from high school would say, he's the guy you would call if you had a question on your homework. And he would talk to them and kind of tutor them through a lot of their their subjects. And one of them said to us, you know, I can't think of five men in my life I would stand up for in a situation like this. I know guys who have done stuff Mm -hmm. like they're alleging. But Brett Kavanaugh is someone that I'm willing to stand up public and say, this did not happen.
3: Now, here's another question. Uh, last I checked, this was a lifetime uh, um, a job that a Supreme Court justice has. Uh, oh,
8: absolutely. So, yeah. They don't uh, seem to realize
3: that. Yeah, this is one year in. What's to prevent somebody from doing this in year three or four or five or six? Like, may- maybe somebody comes up with something uh, two or three years from now that, uh, that he did in high school or college, and they just start to start the whole process up again
7: or elementary school. I mean, there's there's a lot of untouched territory here we have yet to go over. You no, know, it, it, it's a problem, and, and you know, I clerked for Justice Thomas, so mm-hmm. I feel like I've watched it firsthand, because every few years, that's what they do. They try to dredge up new, invented allegations and go through this whole rigmarole again, and, and sure enough, you scratch it, and about a millimeter beneath the surface, you realize there's nothing to this. But First, what they do is they run with it and they sensationalize it and make it seem like there's something really there. It's exactly the same playbook. And I think they will keep doing it as long as they think they can potentially intimidate or threaten justice to maybe change his vote or maybe threaten others thinking, I don't want that to happen to me. Maybe intimidate people who might be appointed to the Supreme Court. People on that short list are watching this and going, do I want to get into this? kind of a attack on my reputation put my family through that i think that's exactly their goal they want they want people to exempt themselves from the process so that our best and brightest won't be willing to serve in these positions that is a huge loss for america
3: what do you think about the timing of this Kerry? why did it happen that's like the one-year anniversary and the, do you think there was some collusion to use a a, a word uh between <laughs> the media and the and the democrats to get this out now i mean why now
7: well, I, I think it also they maybe had hoped this would help their election chances. Obviously, a lot of people think this is a great talking point uh, to talk about. It's great to get into the Democratic debates or something. You know what? I think it's it's backfiring right now because it's becoming so blatant that the story is um, incredibly, incredibly weak, and that they're just trying to uh, invent something on a whole cloth here. But I do think they they want to uh, go with the the uh, one year anniversary celebrating. Uh, these smears the first time around, and I guess commemorating it in a fitting way with the similarly unsubstantiated, uncorroborated smear.
3: What did you find out in the course of writing the book um, about how this is affecting his immediate family, his wife, his daughters? I mean, obviously it's torture, but um, what what do other people say about
8: it?
7: Uh, Yeah, this is something that was so tough on his family. We write specifically about Ashley Kavanaugh a lot and how she was trying to Simultaneously, she's going through this, but supporting her husband, supporting her daughters, trying to protect them, because these are such ugly um, allegations. It was frustrating enough when they had to take their daughters out of the first set of hearings because the protesters were so crude and loud and, and frightening, really. Um, and then to have them go through this where she couldn't tra- had to even try to figure out how to tell your children what they're alleging that your father has done. I mean, that's really um, when you think about it. And we heard, of course, in his own testimony, how the, the amazing response of his 10-year-old daughter who said, we should pray for the woman. I mean, that tells you the strength, and the faith behind that family. And uh, we heard from a lot of their friends who said it was so tough even for them to go through, but that it strength to them. So that, that says a lot.
3: And uh, the part of the the title of the book is The Future of the Supreme Court. What is the future?
7: Well, we're about to find out, right? (laughs) I mean, this is, I think we we wanted to write justice on trial because we knew that this is not the only time this is going to happen. We've seen it happen before. We saw it happen with Bork, with Thomas, with Kavanaugh, and it's going to happen again. We didn't think the next time to happen would be Kavanaugh take two, but um, there are going to be more vacancies. And we have seen this playbook enough times that we know there will be sneers. There will be unfounded allegations. There will be a misconstruction of people's records. So we think the American people needs to know the actual facts. It will protect us against uh, and reimaginings of history, and it will help us prepare to defend any future nominees who are smeared in similar ways.
3: Why does this seem to happen only to conservative judges, uh, Republican appointees, um, Bork, Thomas? Um, mm-hmm. what, what what is it be is it because it can only be done with the help of the media?
7: Well, I think that contributes. It's easier to, to run these kind of things when you know there aren't going to be people who are doing the adequate fact checking and really thinking is is this a real story. But I, I I am proud, frankly, as someone who works on a lot of traditional nominations, to say we fight hard against nominees that we think are not going to be good on the court. At court, but because they're not going to be good judges, not because. We're trying to dig up dirt. We're trying to create smears against their character. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fight that we should have, making sure our judges are going to be faithful to the Constitution. But I don't think it's one that should be a bare uh fight that is just no holds barred. And that's unfortunately how the left likes to play this game.
3: We're finishing up here with Kerry Severino, co-author of *Justice on Trial: The Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court*. I understand you're also the chief counsel and policy director of Judicial Crisis Network. So you bring that experience with you to uh, the writing of this book and uh, what you're what you're t- talking about here right now. So what what exactly is the Judicial Crisis Network?
7: The Judicial Crisis Network is an organization we advocate for judges to be confirmed or to appointed to those to the state courts as well. are going to be faithful to the constitution and the rule of law so i was out there at the in the forefront of the kavanaugh confirmation because he can't speak for himself on tv and other places that way we are there to be able to talk about these issues and advocate strongly for these nominees and it's no better time to be doing this job let me tell you because uh, president trump has been putting such great nominees in the court the contrast now between now and trying to work during the obama era (laughs) in terms of getting good judges in the court i can't tell you It, it feels great we're really winning
3: well, hey, I really appreciate you being on the show, and uh, already the book is a great success. Congratulations on that, and good luck in the future, and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. Okay, that's Kerry Severino, and we will be right back.
0: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The polls have closed in Israel and the results do not look good for Benjamin Netanyahu. Early exit polls are notoriously inaccurate in Israel, but these track quite closely with the pinion polling in the final days of the campaign. They put the two biggest parties, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud and the blue and white party led by former Army General Benny Gantz, neck and neck. Neither has a clear path to a 61 seat majority. Yisrael Betenu, the party of Mr. Netanyahu's right-wing rival, Avigdor Lieberman, could, as expected, turn out to be the kingmaker. Official results are expected sometime on Wednesday. That's when the all-important coalition negotiations between the various party leaders can begin. The BBC's
3: Matthew Bell. Stocks ended the day on a positive note. The Dow was up by 34 points.
0: The Nasdaq rose 32. This is SRN News. So when people first hear about MetaShare. They have questions, some really good questions, starting with the obvious. What is it? Well, MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's not health insurance. It's a different way of doing things, which leads us to the next question. Why do people do this? Why do they become MediShare members? Here are two of the biggest reasons. Number one, people feel good about it. They're not trapped in a plan that makes them pay for things they don't believe in. They know their money is going to help people. And the second reason, people save a lot of money. Maybe you've heard us mention that typical family saves about $500 a month switching to MediShare. And one more big question, does it work? The answer is yes, 1,000 times yes, or 400,000 times, since that's how many MediShare members there are, and they've shared over $2 billion in medical expenses. So easy to find out right now how MediShare can work for you. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Larry Elder believes it's time for personal responsibility. You can apply it to almost anything. Let's take these police shootings. In
1: almost every case, had the suspect slash civilian uh, complied, he or she would be alive. And then we're hearing all this inequality stuff uh, about schools. And then you look at the hours uh, spent studying by black and brown kids versus the hours spent by white and Asian kids. It's night and day. It's all about personal responsibility.
0: The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Community Bank. City Mission. Number One Cochran. Highmark Stadium. Peters Township Community Center. Angelo's Restaurant. What do all these businesses have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation expansion. Nello Construction, the choice for business. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt and Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy & Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law.
6: Pella has done it again. With our brand new Lifestyle Series, Pella can customize window replacement solutions room by room. Imagine bedroom and bathroom windows with shades between the glass, a room darkening experience for sleep in one room, and beautiful privacy in the other. Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door. Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call 888 Pella. Pellapittsburgh.com.
0: Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
6: Parkway
5: West seeing a lot of delays inbound from Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound also heavy, Bagsville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East ends up outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood-Swissdale. Pretty typical volume on the inbound side. On Crosstown Boulevard, they are slowing down from Bigelow Boulevard up to 279. On 79, heavy northbound Parkway North up to 910. That's the look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather.
3: High pressure and control will bring us a really nice week here for the last week of summer.
2: Your details for tonight, a clear and comfortable night with a low of 56. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow, a beautiful day with an afternoon high of 77. Clear skies again tomorrow night, a low of 55. And then for Thursday, plenty of sunshine again, another nice day, and a high of 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, on meteorologist Jake Soja. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The
0: Answer.
9: It makes us sick when we drink the water from the gutter. And the baby, especially when he drinks it, he has stomach aches and it makes him sick. It's germs, it's not clean. Sometimes when I give it to him, it makes his tummy inflate, and then I'm forced to have to take him to the hospital. There's a mission. Sometimes provide free care for the kids and the people in the area. They don't give medication. I still have the papers, actually. I don't have any money to buy the medication. How long has it been since it rained? It doesn't rain much. Does that make it difficult to grow a crop and to make money? No, okay. The crops don't give much. We're growing some millet, but it all perished. Have you had a chance to eat today? We haven't eaten yet, but I'm making some cornmeal for them. Are there days that you've gone day after day without food? More than two days.
3: That was Anitra Parmalee of Food for the Poor, and she joins us now. And before we go any further, the website is the answer, PGH slash hope. And the landline is 855 358 4673. That's 358 Hope for people who want to donate uh, to uh, Food for the Poor. So, Anitra, talk a little bit about the food. Now, $320 or $27 per month is food for a year, and again, water for life for one family. Um, And so, talk about the food a little bit. Um, How does the food suddenly appear? for these people that are going so long without food?
8: Food for the Poor works through community leaders, Mm -hmm. ministers on the ground, because if a disaster were to hit your neighborhood, you living in that neighborhood would know the people that are most fragile. You would know the people most in need. So we work with community leaders, and they actually receive the shipments, and there's distribution. We also have, in Port-au-Prince, the capital, we also have distribution there, where Families are receiving meals, and when I say a meal, it's not an individual serving; it's sufficient for the family unit.
3: Mm-hmm. So, when, when you've been there, uh, or can people who give the money to Food for the Poor can they be confident that their majority of the money that they give is going to sh- end up as food for the poor, and not to pay someone's salary or someone's uh, stay in a nice hotel and Cross the island in Santo Domingo or
8: something. Very. Food for the poor, it takes efficiency and the ability to get food to where it's needed so seriously. We take your dollars so seriously. And if you're like me, every single one of my dollars has a name on it. I need it to do the heaviest of lifting in terms of accomplishing what it needs to because I don't have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I have stood and seen the benefits of your donation. I have seen families get word that they're going to receive food and the joy that breaks out in that household to know that that burden has been lifted. But just rest assure, assured. assured. Food for the Poor has the highest standards in terms of leveraging your dollars so that it gets not only to the people that it needs to, but it also gets the very most to them.
3: And, you know, there are a lot of great charities out there doing wonderful things for people. But what strikes me about this is that it's so tangible what how the dollar turns into food or water you know and almost immediately and you can see the direct correlation between what someone gave and what somebody got
8: and it's interesting because there's so many things that we're confronted with that have complex solutions hunger thirst are not two of them food and water it is easy it is a simple solution we just are in need of your donation. Your $80 provides a child food for a year and water for life. $27 a month, a one-time gift of $320 for a family of four. They move from despair and darkness into joy, and all of a sudden they can think of a future. Think of it tangibly. We've talked about the the walk for water. Imagine giving back to a woman, because it's usually women that are getting the water. Mm-hmm. Imagine giving back her back six hours of daylight. What can she accomplish in that? Yeah. Can she be a better parent? Mm-hmm. Can she start a, a small business? What's the possibility that your gift is going to bring?
3: Very good. And once again, that's uh, just $80 will give uh, food for a year and water for life for one child. 160 is food for a year and water for life for two kids. And 320 or $27 per month, that's food for a year and water for life for one family. The phone number, it's... Um, one 855 358 hope That's one 855 358 4673 You can uh, do it online at the answer PGH slash hope. The answer PGH slash hope. Anitra Parmalee, thank you very much.
8: Thank you for having me. So excited to invite you to be a part of this day of hope. We're
3: happy to help. Well, we don't get into foreign policy too much around here, but seeing as how a bunch of oil refineries We're blown up in Saudi Arabia the other day. And because of a story I saw about Saudi Arabia yesterday, I wanted to find someone who could explain what's going on with the U.S. and who we are friends with over there in the Middle East. Dakota Wood is a senior fellow for defense policy at the Heritage Foundation. He joins us now. Dakota, thanks for being here.
1: Oh, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on the show. So the last
3: thing uh, we heard, at least I think the last thing we heard uh, from President Trump, is that it looks like the Iranians are uh, responsible for attacking the Saudi oil refineries. How certain uh, can we be of that, and do we need to take the Saudis' word on it, or do we find out ourselves?
1: Well, I think on the latter part, both you know are are uh, are, are fine. The Saudis are, are not going to point the finger at Iran because of the geostrategic consequences, unless they're absolutely sure. And certainly, we have our own intelligence apparatus, and uh, and I know that we're tracking it very closely. But even with the open source, you know, the public reporting, when you look at the type of uh, damage that was done to these refinery facilities, uh, the distance from Yemen, the proximity to Iran. The fact that 19 sites were hit in a very short period of time—I mean, that implies uh, a highly orchestrated event. Has to be a skilled operator with the weapons and the competency to pull something like that off. So, even with the open-source reporting, it indicates Iran. And the latest reporting says uh, that uh, cruise missiles were involved. So, this goes a bit beyond what you know—an irregular force like the Houthis. That would we'll be bringing to bear, even though the Houthis have uh, executed about 1,200 strikes of various types using uh, unmanned systems against uh, Saudi Arabia. So uh, the evidence uh, points to Iran.
3: And um, so, why are why is the United States in the middle of it? And could you explain what you mean uh, by the the Saudis don't want to point fingers at the Iranians? Why not?
1: Well, if you acknowledge that somebody attacked you, uh-huh. then you're on the on the dot for doing something mm-hmm. about that. So if the Saudis don't respond, they will look horrible and weak in the eyes of the Islamic world. Uh, certainly, Iran and Saudi Arabia are vying for dominance or preeminence within the Muslim community. Uh, the Saudi Arabia has had that uh, crown because they're the Protectors of the holy sites of Medina and Mecca, and 90% or better of the world's Muslims are Sunnis. So you do have this contest going on between the two. So if they acknowledge Iran, Iran attack them, what are you going to do about it? And it could be that they are not certain of their own military competencies, even if they have good equipment. Mm -hmm. Can you use it well? And the other one would be can they tolerate damage? damage to the economy, damage to their oil infrastructure, which is almost the sole source of their wealth, if some kind of a war were to cook off. So the Saudis are going to move forward carefully and will only be overt uh, if they're confident that they can do something about this. Well, who should do something about it and what? Yeah, the Saudis, absolutely. I mean, I don't don't think it's the place of the United States, and I think this is where the White House is at, that we would unilaterally... Uh, strike Iran for them striking another sovereign country. The president is very big on nations being responsible for their own security, the idea of national sovereignty, that sort of thing. So if the Saudis aren't going to stand up for themselves, and it turns out that Iran was the perpetrator behind this, then the U.S. really doesn't have any stake in in fighting the fight for them. You know, we don't want to fight the last drop of american blood for you know saudis i mean you know it's just not something that's going to happen so the saudis have to make the first move and then the united states assesses where it's in our interest to provide various types of support everything from strike to intelligence reconnaissance surveillance you know that sort of uh, thing uh
3: the reason one of the reasons i wanted to have someone like you on because this is all this is all very complicated i didn't i don't uh in any way try to um present myself as some expert on geopolitical uh, issues but I, I just i came across this story yesterday and it was i saw it as all this other stuff was happening with their oil refineries the headline is saudi arabia executes 134 people including six kids as brutal crucifixions spike and it says here that at least six teens uh, the six teenagers were reportedly executed this year for supposed crimes when they were kids these are kids who uh, apparently were on uh, the, whatever the uh, version of Snapchat is over there or something where they were right, promoting yeah. uh, uh, anti-Saudi uh, policies or, or pro-American or whatever how can mm-hmm. we justify being an ally with people who still live in the 13th century that was my, my question when I, when I saw that they're
1: still crucifying people over there Absolutely. I mean, this is medieval sorts of things. So then you have to get into the ugly world of geopolitics. And, uh, you know, because we have to deal with uh, major actors in key regions that that not necessarily affect us directly, you know, in a bilateral sense, the global economy, America is a major participant in the globalized world, Uh, energy sources are fungible commodities. So something strikes in Venezuela or Saudi Arabia and it affects you know, global commerce, right? So there are regions where we have to decide uh, who is the lesser of two evils or the better of two partners, you know, and make these calls. And and the West and the United States in particular has had to um, arrange some, some uncomfortable relationships to accomplish a larger purpose. So just using one example in World War II, Winston Churchill and uh, and FDR uh, aligned with Stalin, you know, there in the Soviet Union in order to defeat uh, Hitler. So, um, you know, I I mean, these historical analogies, I think, are useful that when we look at Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, these countries in that region, is there a useful relationship that can be uh, cultivated with the Saudis who provide intelligence, presence, posting of American military uh, facilities as needed. They certainly contribute 10% to uh, you know global energy output. Uh, so if we want to write off Saudi Arabia, who do you have left in that region to work with? And we've been a long-time ally of Israel, certainly. Uh, they just don't have the throw weight that some of these other countries do in that region. So it, it's it's kind of the totality of geostrategic interests, and sometimes you have to have uncomfortable Uh, relationships with countries that you that you wish behaved a different way
3: well is there a level of energy independence that uh, the united states could achieve that would allow the united states to i guess uh, i don't know what the term would be leave the people in the middle east to their own devices and let them work it out
1: Right, yeah. Why do we get in anybody's, you know, affairs? Yeah. I mean, you know, these these folks have got their own issues to deal with, from women's rights to these public executions, which are just horrific. Education of the populace. I mean, on and on. Uh, the Western liberal values that that we really hold on to and privilege. So, energy independence gives us more options and more flexibility, and it gives us uh, space. Uh, where we don't have to react, you know, aggressively or immediately because it's a critical lifeline. Um, mm-hmm. Where it was that case, you know, back in the 70s, if you remember the gas lines. Right. But it doesn't mean that we can isolate ourselves from the rest of the world. So if we have terrific trading partners like Japan, as an example, or South Korea, and they're heavily dependent on energy out of the Middle East, Well, a big ripple coming out of that region that affects the national economies and the ability of these other countries to purchase U.S. goods. Now, that translates back to jobs here at home and economic health here at home. So we have to keep our eye on the larger issues and decide how deeply we need to get involved for U.S. interests. You know, kind of an America first thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, What is our interest in play when we get involved in these very troubled regions?
3: But there's no way to get out. I mean, just completely. Just to say, look, we got our own oil and gas over here, and uh, have a nice time.
1: So, so, you know, there's a cost to being involved, whether it's monetary, uh, occasional loss of a service member, uh, the diplomatic entanglements that occur. Uh, But if we didn't want to be involved, what are the possible consequences or outcomes of that? Is this a region that descends into violence and greater warfare, and that would spill out? Uh, potentially across all of North Africa it would certainly threaten Israel, uh, NATO allies like Turkey and Greece. I mean, you could have a much larger problem that carries a much larger price tag uh, in many, many ways, you know, from life uh, to uh, to treasure. And so it's managing these relationships which is you know, fraught with peril. Uh, there's always risk involved, but the alternative is usually worse. And so we just, you know, bear the burden of being involved in messy parts of the world, like many countries in Africa and and certainly you know, crime ridden areas of Central America, where the drug cartels have been, uh you know, at work for decades. So it's just one of the nasty aspects of a very troubled world in some ways. And we can either ignore it and it'll eventually come to our door But we try to stay involved to shape things along a more productive path, which benefits the United States, uh, I think, far more greatly.
3: Well, Dakota, thank you for the explanation. Uh, It would be nice if these people would, uh, you know, move along into the, I don't know, maybe the 18th century, if we could get them up to that. You know, they get them halfway here. That would be nice, but uh, that's not going to happen. So, you know, not in my lifetime anyway. But thanks for your input. I really appreciate it. Thanks for clearing it up.
1: Enjoyed it. Thank you.
3: Okay, that's Dakota Wood of the Heritage Foundation, and we'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain and hail. And out of town storm chasers going door to door often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Stigerwald Show. WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com.
6: Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is
7: absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic.
6: (laughs) It really is. Beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, Pellapittsburgh.com.
0: For more than 10 years now, Food for the Poor has had an effective and efficient ratio of more than 95% of all donations that come in going directly back to the poor and the programs that serve the poor.
3: I'm John Stagerwald with Food for the Poor's Paul Jacobs on how your generosity is making a difference for families in Haiti. Well,
0: first of all, it's life-changing. A family of four will receive food for a year and water for life with that gift of $320. In fact, a listener can say, hey, I'd like to break this up over the next 20 12 months, you can seriously think about budgeting $27 a month over the next 12 months, not forever, and that will effectively provide a Haitian family a family of four, food for a year and water for life through the Ministry of Food for the Poor ministering to the poorest of the poor in the grips of a humanitarian crisis that quite frankly, most in Haiti have said we have not seen it this bad since the earthquake of 2010.
3: Your $320 gift today will provide a family of four, food for a year and water for life. Visit the answer slash hope and help as many as you can that's the answer pgh.com hope
5: the supreme court confirmation process has been on the point of breakdown for 30 years and it finally collapsed with the nomination of brett kavanaugh i'm molly hemming and i'm carrie severino our new book Justice on Trial. The Kavanaugh confirmation in the future of the Supreme Court tells the story of the process that Kavanaugh himself called a national disgrace and a circus. The Supreme Court is the arbiter of America's most divisive disputes. The incentive to destroy Supreme Court nominees has become nearly irresistible. Our book, Justice on Trial, explores how that happened to Brett Kavanaugh and what we must do to prevent it from happening again. With more than 100 interviews, including the president, dozens of senators and other officials, we uncovered shocking details untold until now. Will the next confirmation fight be even uglier than Kavanaugh's? Our new book, Justice on Trial, has the answer.
0: Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation and the future of the Supreme Court, is the explosive new bestseller by Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino, published by Regnery. Get your copy now at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever books are sold.
2: Regenerate Me.
0: Regenerate Me.
2: Please regenerate me.
4: Why suffer with joint pain? There's a new treatment that offers more potential than stem cell therapy. At Regenerate Me Pittsburgh, now in Bethel Park, certified medical professionals offer advanced biological therapies, also known as ABT. A full recovery without surgery or drugs is possible. Get a complete diagnostic review, plus your first treatment for just 100 dollars for a limited time. See if you qualify. Call 412
0: you're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer.
3: Well, you are aware, of course, that the um, the fact that the, oh, I don't know, billion or more people, I guess, uh, on the planet have access to a pocket sized video camera, that is the beginning of the end of human civilization. Another example of that. Uh, it comes with another story about Antonio Brown. Um, there is a doctor in, uh, I think it's in Pennsylvania, so around here somewhere, Monroeville. Vic, uh, Monroeville doctor Victor Prisk. He was doing some kind of a, an examination on uh, Antonio Brown, and the headline of the story here on um, the New at the New York Post is Antonio Brown farted in my face and still owes me eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> Now, how'd you like to have be walking around and have that being the headline of a major newspaper in New York City? But the best, the best, the most, the sickest part about this is that this actually happened, and it's on video. TMZ came up with a video. You go to a doctor's appointment in, in the world of night of 2019. You can't do anything. It didn't happen unless it's on video somewhere. Even something as sick as this. It's on video, and Antonio Brown is being shown all over the world passing gas in front of a doctor purposely. What a guy. What a world we live in. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John
0: Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.